it's like and and also it's like also we're talking about a stereotype that was more prevalent in like the early 2000s like for the most part at this stage in the game vegans are just like yeah i'm vegan and then i'm just like that's chill yeah so like i'm doing this company you know event so like uh you know, does this restaurant have options for you? Like that's as much as I think about veganism when it comes up. Yeah. At this yeah. Stage. Yeah. Unless it's the overt any, like that's the whole thing, man. Overt, like just being annoying about anything. I'm just not interested yeah, in. And either. it's veganism, carnivorism, like anything at all. It's just like, just shut up. <laughs> shut up. No, like you're, this you're is how doing I know we're old the, now. No, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just like, I can't even, I don't even want to battle it. It's just like, just do whatever you want. I'm, I don't care. I'm trying to start, I'm trying to start battles here, man. Cause like battles get me exposure. I, I, I tried to start my first TikTok beef, uh, yesterday or the day before. And if it, it failed miserably, well, I don't know if it failed miserably, but I had an inkling that I was, that it was like a troll post that I was responding to. Um, but it's like this major account that has like, like 500,000 followers on TikTok for, for gaming stuff. And it's like, Oh, they responded on Twitter. Like, Oh, this, this is a funny take on our take. Like just for the record, this was a sarcasm post and tongue in cheek. We were just playing around. I'm like, okay, I did include something in my response video. That's like, I think I'm getting trolled. I think I just got baited, but I feel like that's such a, that's such a cop out answer. Yeah. Baited. Um, and I will say, I think the reason that I'm not vegan is well because i like meat yeah like the thing about it is i i do think i'm like i get it it's just the way that we have over relied on meat yeah i mean as a form of sustenance environmentally is ruining our planet in so many ways but then at the same point i'm like well i mean like sorry pigs Sorry, cows. It's like you shouldn't have been delicious. Uh, like I, at some point we, you know, it's like, yeah, do we need to eat them? No, at this stage we don't. But it's like some point we did. But I mean, I do try to do like meatless days of the week. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and like I'll try. In, I'll I'll try to get like sustainable, sustainable. Like go to go to the farmers market and like get the meat from like the local farmer that's like a small yeah. farmer not owned by like a huge one um, yeah they're like yeah we well the thing cow, the cow had this name and it's like well this is a, okay sure <laughs> well have you seen like um like a lot of chefs right uh maddie matheson specifically there was like some episode of something where he like he takes the life of an animal himself that they were going to use for cooking and he basically says like uh, and this might be what the Brad guy from Bon Appetit, mm, but mm-hmm. at this point, like I've st- I just never watch any of their shit, especially any of the white dudes that stayed there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, you're kind of you're sus straight <laughs> up. Uh, but like the 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 gist of of what Maddie said was like, yeah, it's like probably important since I do eat meat that I do this once or twice in my life. And th- I think it was the first time he ever did it. Oh, uh, I think I did see this uh, one. Yeah. And he was like, that fucking sucked. Uh, like, I don't want to take the life of anything, but it is important to feel the cost of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. And he's like, and I'm going to, you know, do it. And I'm going to honor this animal and all that shit. 
But I do think it's like, I don't know if I could do it in a situation. And if I can't do that, let's say, and I, at that point it's like, well, yeah, maybe if you can't sleep in the bed, you know, maybe that's, that's what makes me go, okay, I, I should probably not consume this if I can't do it myself. Cause what I am doing every time I buy any of it is indirectly doing it myself. Right. Um, I mean, I've, I've done it, which is an extreme version of it. I've done it as a child just from being, uh, visiting family in Mexico. Um, but that was like one time I'd, I'd want, I'd want to do it again. Just like experience that. Cause I'm also like very, like it's the anatomy of like the different cuts and stuff is like very interesting to me and like being able to do that. But also it's like, I could probably take out a chicken without much guilt but like a pig or a cow i don't i mean that's much tougher for sure and like that's a multi-person job too but i mean listen it's not an excuse to not try and do better but someone's getting exploited along the way something is getting exploited no matter what you choose especially on the food consumption side in a major city unless you're a farmer that's like oh well yeah. Here's our cattle and like we we eat our own meat and then we trade our neighbors for like some of their dairy or or whatever other vegetation then like in the city listen we have no one has a high ground really. So. Yeah. Well that's why I'm excited about uh like um you know new year new me as, as uh oh I guess this is off mic. I got my first dose of a covid Ooh. vaccine very exciting. So new year new me. Did you get that sick 5G? Uh, oh, it was crazy. My Wi-Fi has never been better. And, um, <laughs> did you know that Bill Gates is a very good person? Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it was honestly like less crazy than getting the flu shot in terms of like side effects for me. Uh, and I'm glad the sentiment is turning and people are like more than ever. Okay. With getting vaccinated like day over day. Because I think it's like all of the media information about like, yeah, if we all get vaccinated, like shit will be normal again. And everybody's like, well, was I just anti-vax because I thought it was fun to be a contrarian dumbass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Um, but I got it. So New Year, New Me, part of it is also I want to get, because I've always wanted one, to do community-supported agriculture boxes. Um, I've just never fully committed to doing it. It's been something I'm like, oh man, that would be so cool. My fear is always that I won't get through the, the stuff. Um, but then at the same point, I'm like, well, I don't eat enough vegetables right now, especially cause like one meal a day, like it's whatever it is, yeah. is what I'm eating yeah. for the most part. And I, I do feel the need to have more vegetables in my life. So, uh, I'm going to get one of those when I move to my next place because I'm cool. excited to be like, well, fuck, got like five pounds of produce that is going to go bad in like seven days. So got to worry veggies, a veggie <laughs> casserole or something, <laughs> something, something. So, but I mean, something, something's always good. Small changes, baby steps and the world goes round and round. If everybody just did small positive change over a long enough timeline, things would get better. We all just have problems with focusing. Just like I can't finish a diet ever. I start a bunch of them. Nope. Like, that's just the problem. It's like there's so much shit we have to focus on. But anywho, Danny. Wow. Um, yeah. 
we didn't even intro the podcast and we're too far into it now. So we're just not going to, uh, <laughs> we're 22 <laughs> minutes in. Yeah. I'll, I'll pre-record um, an intro. You, you guys, but, the uh, we're going to chat, um, or finish up our podcast with our actual topics, though. Yeah. I had a good time talking about our aside yeah, topic here. Um, so Danny, tell me a little bit about the cyberpunk update. Yeah. So, I figured it was time to talk about Cyberpunk because one, the uh, the tweets and the news about the latest Cyberpunk patch brought it back into my mind. Like otherwise, I had completely forgotten about it. Uh, the Cyberpunk 1.2 patch came out, and it is a laundry list, like multiple laundry lists of bug fixes. Like the the patch notes for for this update is like a, literally a thirty minute read is how long and how many bugs they fixed. Um, which is one equally bo- this uh, is impressive and also like really how such ma- a long scroll. Oh how, my gosh. Yeah. And like it's it's also like how how bad or, or how much more work this game needed before actually launching. Because they haven't they've basically done focused solely over the last four months now just on bug fixes and they haven't been able to like really like address some of the other stuff like oh there's like these features missing from the game that they thought were going to be there that still want in there and and stuff like that so i think it's approaching a playable state um as far as i know playstation sony hasn't allowed it back up on the playstation store yet so Mm -hmm. i think when that happens that might like give people confidence to like give it a go and I think that's what's going to be my barrier as well. Like, once once the PlayStation Store lets it back in, I'm going to get it on PC, which is already the most stable version. But like, once it's there, then I'll know it's like a great experience. Uh, do you know that it sold 13 million copies in that like timeline before everything went to shit? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. It was, it was the best, uh, the most pre-ordered game of all time. <laughs> Or, or the That's most crazy. the most pre-ordered single player game of all time. That's what it was specifically single player game. Yeah, it's a. Uh, so the thing about it is, um, I wonder because it's been so like everything you've read about it. Yeah, you know, it's like so. So much is focused on like how bad it the bugs are right that i'm i like all the interviews and also wasn't ign's interview a nine out of ten? Oh yeah a lot of a lot of uh, reviewers straight. had to come out with apologies because they got like reamed by the internet basically saying like straight you guys bullshit all ign yeah. like come on uh well it's like game media is similar to music media right, where right. it's like it's all the same review at this point paid for by the 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 studios that build the games like it's so clear because every fucking every every video game interview reads the exact same it's truly wild it's like one person writes them it makes you feel like keanu reeves yeah whatever it is (laughs) like whatever that there's always the same shit and music is very very similar as well in like the major publications um but I really don't know if there's like been a review on like that truly just doesn't talk about 
the bugs because every review like talks about the bugs a lot to excuse or not excuse but like try to like sift through to what the game could be or what it you know blah 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 yeah yeah. what i really just want to see before i would ever consider purchasing it spending money on this fucking game is a review that doesn't mention bugs and it's just like is this story worth spending 60 70 hours in is the gameplay interesting is the in-between moments worth it and if it's not i'm never gonna play this game and i don't know the answer to that because everything you see is just bugs 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 well i think early on like most of it was yes positive and on a lot of those points um I think we probably have to revisit it again one more time. I'm probably going to pull the trigger, so I maybe I'll let you know. Maybe I will let you know. Um, but it, we're probably still another two months away before that happening. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting to have that update and, like, kind of how, like, still, they man, how bad they, they messed that up and employees were mad and a yeah. bunch of other man. mess. It was, it was crazy. But but it's getting there. It's getting there. It's it's progressing, and we did say eventually we were going to play it and talk about it. So so it'll get there. Yeah. So uh, send me a copy, folks, and I will give you give an honest review if you give me a copy because I will not spend sixty dollars on this game. One hundred percent will not. They. I mean, it would be great. I mean, it definitely won't be sixty dollars anymore by the time we get around to purchasing it. But it would be great to like get the uh, at least for us or for for the channel or whatever like have it be like here we reviewed it collectively spencer got the ps5 version danny got the pc version that'd be cool well, what was the difference so yeah. that'd be cool but um, yeah that's that's the update on that you know it's so frustrating because it's like cyberpunk definitely aesthetically yeah could not be more like the idea of the aesthetics not what it actually right. looks like right. but like the idea of like all right, so it's like basically Blade Runner world, but you're Blade Runner, but you're not Blade Runner. And it's not, it's just like, but it looks cool as shit. Like it's like, I want so badly to live in that world of stuff. Um, I just bought the 4K Blade Runner 2049 just because I was like ordering some other stuff and I'm like, hey, I'll pop that in nice. there. Yeah. Uh, just because I love the visual aesthetic of like cyberpunk. Like not the game, but just generally the look of of it, like with like the Japanese influence um, that it has, the neons. Like my favorite color at this point in my life is neon purple. Like, and that's been my favorite color for years. If it's neon purple, I'm like, that's cool. That's fucking cool. Uh, so I want desperately to be excited about this game but i mean maybe that, one day the, the 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 lighting has basically become my background aesthetic for for all the videos i make on, on tiktok on youtube everything like it's cool as hell it's man great, it's, it's so great, cool it's looking it's just yeah. cool it's like uh and my other favorite color like magenta <laughs> like like <laughs> bright deep pink like it's the coolest shit um like look my water bottle that i use oh look at that purple see now Boom. like i i like I had a choice of getting all sorts of colors, and I was like, this purple is fucking great looking. Sick, metallic, and uh, shiny. I like it's it. It's great. It's great. Uh, okay, so that's video game number one. So, Danny, you were telling me that you've been getting back into Skyrim. and Oh, man. 
Now, can you give me a history of you with Skyrim first? Because I don't think we've ever talked about this. No, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great one to start. So I got Skyrim. I was familiar with the Elder Scrolls games, but I didn't actually like. Maybe maybe some people will be disappointed with, with me on this one, but I had I didn't actually get into Elder Scrolls games that much until I guess Skyrim would be, and then I revisited like Morrowind and and um, what was the other one? I forgot the other one. It's it's escaping me right now. But uh, I got it. I got into into it then in. 2011 when it came out for the ps3 because i wasn't like huge huge fan of um western rpgs at the time mm-hmm. uh and and skyrim kind of put me on because like the the that was like i feel skyrim was not the first step into the open world one of the open world game revolutions. Um, but mm. it certainly like catapulted it and was kind of like what took the lead because it, it got so popular um, where you could like, I remember, I remember clearly uh, when they were announcing this game and talking about it at E3, like you see that mountain off in the distance, you can literally climb that. And everyone was like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, I at the time on the I mean it played well on the on the PS3. Uh, just the idea that like I, I'm also a pretty big fan of like class types in video games. So mm-hmm. if I can like build a character and like mix and match abilities and play styles based on like boom here's a a set of jobs or classes that you can like expand your attributes and spend your points on and like adjust your play style to you. That was was yeah. always pretty. It's, it's always been pretty interesting to me, not just for you single know, player games, but for others as a, well. A quick aside. So, like, uh, I have been thinking a lot about class setup and stuff, like with with Warzone, and I was like at work, just thinking about like all the changes that I need to make, and I was like, what if I just, <laughs> like, what if I just took the mentality of like loadouts and class setups and like what if we just went full stupid on it and it was like okay so your team are druids and you're responsible for these things because that's what druids do in like a class system of like an mmorpg or or jr whatever you know yeah and i was like would it be just stupid enough for people to get it and like be like oh so i'm a tank so I just take damage. So I just deal with shit. Like, so my job is these things. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I'm like an assassin class. So my job is these things. And it's like, honestly, at this point, it's more clear than all of the weird titles that companies <laughs> have for stuff. Like, yeah. you know, and I'm like, what if, what if instead of doing the dumb thing, we just did something that's like so stupid, it makes sense. Because I feel like that's where we are with everything. It's like, is it just dumb enough to work? Also, your cat is straight chilling. Oh yeah, he's, over there, he's having so a good time. cute. He's having a great, just time. loving it. Oh, look at look you, at the little yawn. I man, something they did. They he got into some a litter box where they got into a fight or something. Because uh, literally, like a half an hour before before we jumped on the call to start recording, uh, I had to give him like a mini bath because he. There was like a re- like a weird nappy spot behind his head and his ear, and I was like, "What happened, dude? What you get into?" And I touched it, and I was like, "This kind of smells funky," and it was shit. 
You had ah, classic like, animal. I'm like, what? Oh my they god! Love, now I gotta wash my hands. It. Now we gotta like give him a little bath. So yeah. he, one he of the cutest things dogs, it. one of the cutest things dogs do is like roll around on the ground, and it's because they're rolling around in shit. That's the only reason. <laughs> Animals are weird. We love them, but they're so weird. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So, oh, and they, I gotta meet that. I gotta meet the new. Cat. Oh, whiskey's great. You, you, you'd love yeah. him. He's he's super chill. He's much more cat-like than than Kit Kat is, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, they can't wait to get a cat. Sorry, sorry no, for no, the no. aside. They, sorry. They, they like sitting by the keyboard and when I'm playing games or just like looking at the screen and like start attacking us. I'm like, this would be helpful if you were actually in the game, but you're actually in my way. So can you not? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna ruin my yeah. monitor. Um. No, it's I've so like maybe once a year or like mm-hmm. every other year, I just kind of go like on another like I feel like restarting Skyrim. So like at this point, I've got to be like thousands of hours in into Skyrim okay. because it's it was out in 2011. I got it on the PS uh, PS3. They remastered it on the PS4, and I got it on the PS4. When I got my PC in 2016, I got it on PC. Okay. And then when it, and then when the Nintendo Switch came out and I bought the Switch uh, a year after I that bet came you got out, it on there. I got it on the Switch because they had the Link outfit. I had Absolutely to do it. I had to do it. A cash cow for them. Um, I yeah no I. It's funny because people make fun of it online and I'll say oh no they're releasing it again and I'm like ah, I was definitely part of the problem sorry gamers, um, but I do it. I mean it's something about it just scratches an itch. The music in the game is. I think probably some of the best for like just relaxing and playing a video game. Whenever I'm like, I don't know what to play. I kind of want to just chill. I I was defaulting to Warzone, which bad idea for just chill. Uh, and then Stressful. I'm like, I'm like, oh, the music here is like so serene. It's fun. It's like very at- atmospheric or at whatever. You know what I'm saying? Atmospheric. Atmospheric. And the gameplay like obviously a lot of the games that have a lot of the mainstream open world games like they're uh, they have obviously taken cues from skyrim so even though oh yeah the game has aged and there are better mechanics now it's still it's still influential enough that it feels good mm-hmm. to play yeah have uh so i'll give my quick mine's much quicker and mods my so many mods go for it uh and the mods, yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask how many mod, like what mods do you a lot, a lot. Have? That's the fun part. I think that's fun. Um, but for me, so like PC gaming, I was first really introduced because I w- always had like a shitty like computer. Hmm. Um, like we had a computer pretty early, but it was shitty, and we always had like the base computer that couldn't really do much, right? It was just like, because you needed a computer. Yeah. Um, like I played 1.6. Like that was probably like the most computer gaming I did as a child. Uh, sorry, 1.6, Counter-Strike 1.6. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I feel like you don't need to say that. Obviously, I'm talking to a Counter-Strike if I say 1.6 in my head, but who knows? I mean, I understand, uh, but for the audience, it's <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, but I had a friend, uh, Kyron. Um, who was like a big PC gamer and he introduced me to first encounter assault recon or fear. Mm. Do you ever play that? No, I, I recall. Oh this one, dude, that first game, 
like legitimately like I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like the shooting was great. It was scary. It's so good. They got worse and worse over time, but like that first one. But then like Kyron one day is like, and 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 this is totally 2007, right? He yeah. goes, hey, you got to come over and like, I got to show you this new game. I got Oblivion. Oblivion. That's the one uh, I was thinking of earlier. Yeah. And he, he's just like walking around in like a dungeon and he's like, look, watch this. And he like walks over something, but there was like a skull hanging and then it's just like, because he interacted, like he hit the skull with this like character. Yeah. It just like swung. And he was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> and I was like, that's yeah. really fucking crazy. And then we literally like spent like an hour just like running into stuff like that and being like, it reacted. This is crazy. Yeah, the How physics. did they do yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. How did they do that? Uh, and that was so like, that was it. Never played it other than that. Like that one experience. Cause it's like, I didn't have a computer. That yeah, could run. Yeah. And then I played Morrowind on, I want to say maybe an Xbox that I at some point had. And I got a little bit into it. It was honestly like too obtuse for me at the time. Like I wasn't clear enough about mechanics of games to really like understand it. Like I, I literally like yeah. walked the wrong direction, the very start of the game. And then I was just like, I don't, I can't find anything. And I was just like in the mountains and I was like, what the fuck is this game? Uh, and then, and then, so I never played Skyrim, uh, ever. And then I got PlayStation VR and PlayStation VR included Skyrim. Now I got my PlayStation VR in Australia so it included Skyrim from the Australian store. So I don't have it anymore because ah. I don't have the Australian login. But I started it. And that was the first time I understood the meme of the beginning of Skyrim because <laughs> I lived it. And I was like, oh, OK, these are way funnier now because uh, it's such an odd opening. It really is. Um, it's just super weird. Hey, you're finally um, awake. Yeah, right. And and then I like play through the first sequence. And then by that time I was like, geez, this looks like absolute dog shit. PlayStation VR sucks. Uh it looks terrible. The controls are terrible. Everything's bad. I'm just not gonna deal with this. And then I never play that's it. <laughs> that's the end. Now, am I excited for whatever they do next that isn't a Skyrim re- release? Yes, I think I'm ready for it. I really think I can do it this time. I think um, you could too. But that is my sole experience. So I would love to love Skyrim. I like in my head, I'm like, I could, I could do it, but you, you've probably I, played enough open world games at this point that like, it would definitely be going backwards and you wouldn't have the nostalgia tie, tied to it the way that I do. So it for sure would not work. It for sure would not work. Um, yeah. Because it's certain like, certainly Morrowind and Oblivion have not aged super well. Like same, same issue there. Like you try going back and playing those games as someone who's being introduced. Some people can do it. Some people can do it with the understanding that like, Oh, I'm under, I'm like, I'm playing a game to like understand how, like where mechanics came from and blah, blah, blah. Be more of like a gaming historian type playthrough. Um, but most people aren't doing that. Most people are like, Oh, this was a fun game that people thought was popular back then. I should give it a try. It's like, Oh, this is, not a fun experience anymore so 
um, yeah. which might and piss I, off some Elder Scrolls fans, but it's just the truth, baby. Well, and you also kind of know like my opinion on old things, which I think they're dumb, <laughs> um, which always gets me into trouble. <laughs> Especially like, a week after you're like, I play Pokemon Silver on emulators. I never said that. Okay. I played Pokemon Yellow on emulators. Okay, all right, um, Spencer. But no, no, I'm saying like things. No, that no, aren't I in know my nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, house, yeah. More specifically, um, if they're not in my nostalgia wheelhouse, I'm like, well, this is just old. Like I don't, I my brain can't go. But think about the time that it was released, and it's cool. Though I will say, like sometimes movies, I can I can get over that. Like, yeah, because I think movies are better aging after like the sixties than like a video game from five years ago. Ages, yeah, yeah, for the most part. No, I mean that's the that's the tricky part about interactive media like that. It just doesn't have the same effect if you didn't live through it and. The kids now, you guys will live through it too. So don't 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 make fun of us. Uh, yeah. I, it's it's for me. I mean, it still works. It still works for now. And like a lot of the mods, like update the graphics, update some of the AIs. So like that's a lot of the mods that I have. Like it makes the, mod, the AI a little bit more realistic, more modern. The uh, the texture packs are updated, so it looks a little bit modern. Um, mm-hmm. Movements and and stuff like that as well can get patched, which is cool. I think at some point it'll probably just go to the open source. I hope it does. Uh, that would be cool. I mean, they've made enough money on it. You bought it six times. (laughs) Yeah, admittedly, admittedly so. I'm not not super proud of it, but that that's where it is. I I'm excited for the next one. I hope they can pull it off well. Um, I don't know how much them being owned by Microsoft now is really going to change much of it, since it's already been in development, but still like another three years away. So we'll see where that goes, and hopefully you can get that into that one too. But that's been my little gaming kick. Lately. That's great. That's great. Um, I'm still mostly just playing Warzone. I got another win. Uh, Ooh, nice. Got, Congrats. Did I get two wins the last wow, week? Wow, look at you flexing. Um, me, and, me and my little brother are starting to figure out how to really play together. And like we're both watching YouTube videos a lot about <laughs> how to play. Um, because like truly, like what else, what else is going on? Um, but man... Uh, it still it still feels good to win that game, even though that game is so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I just again nothing is really tickling my fancy to play, so I'm like, well, I'll just plug in. Uh, but so okay, so continuing our gaming, Danny. Um, so Bang and Olsen, Olsen, Olsen mm-hmm. released. Uh a $500 wireless headset for the Xbox Series X. You know, Danny, the first thing I thought about when you sent me this link, because I hadn't seen it, yeah, was, fuck, Apple broke the headphone game. Where, like, Apple did the thing where, like, a, like, a rising tide shouts out to the, the ship that has been stuck. Uh, a rising tide raises all ships in the worst possible way. Like Apple has a huge success selling these stupid headphones for 550 bucks. And now everybody's like, what if we sold ours for that much? So now we're all screwed. 
So yeah, yeah, it's uh, here's the next version <laughs> of that. Bang, Bang and Olsen, uh, they make they make solid headphones. I, I don't hate them. Uh, um, they're, they're they're no 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 they're fine. Like they at least have a history of making right decent audio things. Yeah, like hardcore audio files would be like absolutely not, but. They've always been a little douchey, though. Let's be real. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They've always I mean, been like like in a airline catalog for the yeah. first class flyers. It's like, yeah, buy, yeah. Buy our stuff. Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly got a little bit of um, bougie mentality. Bougie. Not, I don't want to say elitism because it's, I don't know if it's that serious, but it's definitely on that side of the. Uh, of the spectrum of, of it's not like the every man's audio no, quality no, no, of no, like no. audio technica or Sennheiser costs the working class high functioning audio. The, the thing about these specifically though, is like, I'm, I'm sure they, they sound great. Like I would love to get my hands on one of these. Am I going to buy one? No. Uh, but I would, Hey, banging off some Microsoft. If y'all are listening, send us a pair. We'll do a review. Uh, because they look, they look great. I think they look great. Yeah, they do. One of my favorite things they is do. that it doesn't look like a gaming headset. Yep. It looks like a really nice pair of headphones. Um, that just happens. Which they to also should be. be for five hundred dollars. Yes. Oh, they yeah. should be what, yes. the best headphones I've ever put on my head, and the best gaming headphones I put on my head for five hundred dollars. They just intrigue me, and as far as I know, I mean they're on the Microsoft Store, so they're like more targeted and marketed with the the Xbox. Um, but as far as I can tell, like it's compatible with pretty much any. Yeah, I think Bluetooth. it's it has yeah. a USB. Yeah. Like receiver and stuff, so it's probably fine. Yeah, it would be fine elsewhere, but um the Dolby Atmos That's cool. Is is pretty cool. Um they look like they'd be pretty comfortable. Can't say much about the build quality because they were just announced like today or something. Um and they're not out until late April. Okay. So It'll be a little bit, unless we get some reviewers or something. Hey, Microsoft, again, send us, a, we'll make a video. Uh, they look, they look fun, but you're right. I think that that's, that's like part of it. Like, I'm glad that like things are starting to shift a little bit more. It's like, okay, let's actually, let's actually put some real quality and audio quality into, into gaming, which I think is the direction most things that were traditionally quote unquote gaming should be moving to because now you have a mainstream audience that's actually paying attention and then like does this more regularly. Um, yeah. It's like turtle beach of 2009 couldn't exist in no, 2021. No. Like, and they've changed, they've gotten better, but they used to be like, just, they would look cool. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And they sounded like garbage. It's similar to the uh, skull candy thing. Um, yeah. Very similar. Yeah. So, I don't know if they 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 would have to be some phenomenal headphones at five hundred so, bucks. And here's the thing: like, there's that's already a that's this is already a, a space in headphones that you can get really high quality headphones for three hundred, four hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars is like a weird space that you're right. Apple kind of rolls the tides here. Well, it's like, so I have the, I have the Audio-Technica something something 900, or 700, 
I have like one of their open back, kind of the more highbrow open back headphone, which are like somewhere 220 ish. Um, and if I put those connect, plugged them in, got a, got a microphone, some other capacity, I would be hard pressed to probably find a better gaming headset. Really? The only thing would be, it doesn't have a microphone, but like truly the sound placement of those headphones, impeccable. The sound stage is huge. Directional audio is amazing. They're comfortable as shit. Like there's really just like uh very little reason for me to ever think about like if I want to go luxury, what I'm gonna do is just get a really good headphone that I can use for other purposes yeah. and just get a fucking USB mic. Like I'm not gonna actually look at the gaming headset world to get no. the quality I need. Um and that's the thing that with these I'm like I would never, I don't know. Like, and I spent like, I have audio technica, uh, AT, ATM fifties or whatever on my head right now at work for like my headset while I'm doing calls is the Sony, uh, 900 XBs. The, cause I didn't, I literally wouldn't pay the <laughs> price for the high, the, the 1000, the, uh, yeah. the XM4s, the XM4s. Yeah. Um, even though I know they're the best headphones, but I was like, no, that's too much. Not, not allowed. Um, I have the cost or I have the, the audio technicas for like records. And, and when I'm really trying to, to get more specific with placement and stuff and like, I'll, I'll I, I, I have the Jabra 65 T's. I'm just waiting for them to break so I can get the 85s. They're so nice. Like, they're so nice. I can't wait for my head, but they're just so such good quality. They'll never break. Um, it's like I'll spend money on audio stuff. Like I just finished up my like seven hundred dollar, uh, you know, years long, uh, vinyl turntable setup. Yeah. Like I'll spend money on audio, but I usually only spend money on audio when there's a multi-purpose for the most part, and when it's proven that they're worth the money. And the thing with these headphones is until... Oh, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. People yeah. will buy them. But then, like, I've been reading or watching a lot of, uh, you know, three-month-in, four-month-in reviews of the Apple headsets, the AirPods Max or whatever. And every review is basically, like, they're heavy as absolute shit. Like, it feels like your your head's going to explode because they're, like they're they're like three times as heavy as these and these aren't like the lightest headphones in the world well yeah i mean that's the problem with anything like aesthetically pleasing which by the way aren't that aesthetically pleasing they're kind of weird they're just they're ugly they are ugly they're ugly they are ugly they're, ugly. they're uh, straight up ugly which well that means you should like them because they're ugly uh but the aluminum is like that's just too much to sit on your head. That's just too much. Like yeah. the really nice headphones. That's the tricky part because people associate heavy with quality, and that's not always the case. Especially with headphones that sit over your head, they need yeah. to be comfortable. The 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 Audio Technicas that I have weigh almost nothing, and they're one of the most detailed headphones I've ever used. I have issues with them, like just because yeah. Open back headphones can't be as bassy as I like because I'm a little bit of a bass head. Uh, but man, like you'll listen, I'll listen to some shit, man. Like 
especially with my new turntable setup, I, I was listening to Bonnie Vare self-titled. Ooh. And I have listened to it on three different turntables now um, at various quality levels. And I was just like, oh, okay. I get why eventually this is going to become like a thousands of dollars problem. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I just spent like, you know, 300 bucks on a turntable and it just absolutely blew the shit out of everything I've listened to before. And I was like, oh, this, there's so much more music here <laughs> that i didn't know existed that's the problem with like audio stuff because like it'll it's like crazy, unlock man. each like, level unlocks a little thing and like, like of was, course there's a little bit of like why well, i spent this much money on it so i better find something and you find it no but it's but, like but there is it, it is there, there is stuff truly there. with with that with that album because it is also just like immaculately produced um so it's like a great like tester album for me um also because i just know it so well it's not like there's no surprises in like the generalness of the music it's just all like but this one man i was like i had never heard harmonies i had never heard background instrumentals that i just had never heard before i was hearing when i was listening to it recently and i was like the staggering amount of effort that goes into something so distinctly produced is like i was like wait so you made this and I've listened to it in every way, basically possible. I've listened streaming, downloaded the Flack before, like have it on vinyl, have listened to it on, and I'm like, and like basically, you made this sound exist only for people who spent like seven hundred dollars or more on their setup. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> it's so cool. It's just so fucking cool. That's the, um, but that's we're getting the away from no, it. But to talk about songs, Danny, yeah. Speaking of music, let's finish up our song or album of the week. So we're expanding week. a little bit. Our music of the week. Just about at our hour mark. So we gotta gotta get this going. Danny, do you want to start or should I start? Let's start with yours. Okay. So this week my pick is the album "Sketchy" by Tune Yards. Um, sketch. Uh, so Tune Yards is a kind of two person band uh meryl get get uh meryl garbus sorry i always want to say gibbous like the moon and nate brenner so so meryl garbus is a vocalist plays the ukulele percussion and then nate brenner is a bass guitarist and and they kind of like do some stuff uh producing their own things so meryl meryl garbus uh and, and tune yards hold one of my uh, truly best moments of my life uh, in terms of concert going. Um, mm. I saw them during their Who Kill, which is their second album uh, at Sasquatch while I was in college um, as inebriated on substances as I've ever been. <laughs> uh, and uh, the the salient point, so Meryl Garbus uh, is playing. And, and at the time they were touring with like saxophonists and and a lot lot of brass and she was drumming and she had like drums in front of her that she would play as she was standing and singing. And uh, Sasquatch takes place at the gorge in Washington, like one of the more beautiful places in Washington where it's like a Canyon, kind of like a mini grand Canyon. It's like very, very beautiful. And so she's playing, right. And she's like, right as the sun setting is, is the, it's her set. 
you know, Sasquatch everybody gets like 45 minutes. And so she's playing and she's like, Hey, I'm, I want everybody to turn around for the next song because the sun's about to set. Oh, and yeah, I think you should watch this, it. Yeah. I've told you this story. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, I'm, I'm having a really good day. Oh, I love the story. Yeah. Uh, and so we turn around and she just plays her best song. I think it was business, uh, is what she played right then, which is just an amazing, such a fun song, like dancing, like all of her stuff yeah, at that yeah. time was all oriented around like dancing, being together, having fun. And I was also potentially inebriated in a way where that was like the only thing I could ever think about. Um, and so everybody turns around and I'm talking like 15,000 people at one, like all, everybody just listens to this person and does it. And it's just one of the coolest moments of music I've ever had. So I love tune yards for that. Um, now I did not like their last album. Uh, mm. Okay, which is uh, I can feel you creep into my private life. I don't know why it just kind of lost the things that I love the most about Tune Yards, which is like their produced rawness, like their like um, Who Kill and the first album that they that 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 uh, they self produced, um, uh, Bird Brains, both have like this kind of like undercurrent of like bedroom production a little bit mm. where it's like, okay, it's a little, it's not rough cause like it's still very specifically done, but it's not overtly polished or it's not overly polished. And I think with, I can feel you creeping in my private life. It did get too overly polished. They released a, an album after who kill called Nicky knack that I really like, but sketchy. I kind of wasn't like listening to the singles that were coming out. Um, because I was like, eh, I think maybe they got a little too far into production and it doesn't seem as alive because I really right. do think like, you can overproduce is, things. Yeah, you can. Oh, you can. Um, and, and so like sketchy comes and, and the first song um, is really like a throwback to bird brains. And I know a lot of like if we're going into music reviews are all the same. This is something that has been pointed out where it seems like this album is more close to their first two albums than their last two albums. Um, and I think it's true because there's more brass in it again. They have like saxophones yeah. throughout and like the drums are the focal point of the album, which is definitely consistent with their first two efforts. But I think they it's there's some really beautiful moments on this album, like just just like she has an amazing voice and she knows how to use, use it to, to great effect. And then the bass lines, the drumming are all super, super fun. And then it's punishing in terms of lyrical content. But the weird thing about tune yards is even, even though they're like pretty serious about what they're talking about. And it's a lot about like, uh, like white silence and, uh, like um privilege and and things like that because they are white people and they have at times yep. been a little bit called out for taking like afrocentric beats and drum patterns and applying them to their music um in kind of that like weird wokeness of the late yeah. 2000s 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and sometimes they've gone so far into the other side of like trying to like, like phalangate themselves to atone for that sin. That was really just like, you made music. It still had a good message. And yeah, yeah maybe yeah. you like, like, but there's bigger fish to fry is, is right, you right. know, <laughs> like they were making authentic music that was stealing from cultures a little bit, but like all music steals they, from each other. Yeah. Matter. That's like the thing about music. Like, but this one really like, man, the throughout the bass drum that they have just hits perfectly. And like, I really enjoyed it. And there's quiet moments on the album. There's really happy moments and excited moments on the album. Um, I really think it's like, it's back. Like they're back. And I think this is, man, I can't wait to somehow figure out how to see it live. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it'll happen for it you. Needs it needs it. It needs a live moment. I, I took a listen to it. Um, and to be fair, I only listened to it once today. That's fine. So the day we're recording of it. So I'm sure my thoughts will change and still fresh. Uh, I haven't been like super exposed to Tune Yards. So like my first reaction to like the first song was like, this is cool. This is weird. This is very weird. Uh, but I dig it. I like weird. Weird in a good way. Um, the space is is really nice on it because like this this is what i'll know to speak on on it for more than anything right now um the space of of like the instruments and like the brass and and like the electro sounds like sonically it's really interesting um it's like a fun listen to it so it's one that for sure i'm you're if you're listening to it, you're going to have to take multiple listens through it to like start to pick up on like the different things because you can focus on so many different things. And and they they produce that very well. It doesn't feel overproduced because there's still a level of rawness to it that you mentioned that still yeah. is you need that. It's like a very real. Um but like sonically and like aesthetically it it's and this is all in like a good way because I I felt like and maybe it has to do with like some of the lyrical content and stuff, but to me like I it, it some of the songs felt very like almost a little anxiety anxiety inducing, but not in a yeah. bad way, um because because of the way that they blend in something with like I guess on the higher mid mid to highs with the. With the brass and the ele- electronics, with the sensor or whatever they were using, just kind of like enters like this weird space in my head that doesn't get like scratched very often musically, at least. Yeah, which is why I found it so interesting. I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Um, it's very I, uh, and it's also very fun. Like mo- a lot of the like even even though the themes are pretty heavy on some of them, like. It's so fun. Like I'm like I I was actually uh, going on a uh, on a drive during during lunch. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna perfect like, driving. This is great. I'm like, this is this yeah. is great. I worked out to it today. Like that was like my. I listened to it like twice, and I was like, yeah, this is. Fun. It's so it's like, it's sad happy music. You know how there's like, <laughs> there's sad happy music and there's happy sad music. Yeah. Uh, like this is sad happy music to me. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Like it's because I, I do think like it's a little bit of product of the time that it was created in where it's like even when we're happy, we're sad right now in, in a lot of ways. And I think it's it kind of scratched an itch of that 
um, in a cool way. And, and I think it's like, I think it's, it is lyrically dense in the sense of like, you know, me myself being like a quasi quote unquote woke white guy is yeah. like, one thing she does do really well is like understands that she has a privileged place in society, even if things can bad, bad things can happen to privileged people. It's just, I think, I think she, she does a, she does a pretty good job of that and not patronizing. And I do think sometimes there has been times where they've been a little off. And I think that's part of the reason why I can feel you creep into my private life wasn't my favorite. Sometimes I felt it went a little too preachy about that kind of motif. Um, even though there's still some bangers on that song, but it, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a good listen to it. I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to it a few more times. I got to like really, really sink into it. Later I would recommend, honestly, Danny, listen to who kill, like listen front to back to who kill. And I think you'll, uh, you'll fall in love and then hit up bird brains, their first album. Uh, and then swing back and then around. swing back smart yeah okay. you'll have a good time just to get a little more context to them because like i i did go i did that today as well and i was like man there's some shit on to on who kill that is just still to this day so fucking good um and then some of like the like bird brains was was basically recorded on uh a hound a hand recorder like a four track cassette oh, recorder cool. yeah that what she did with it you're just like god damn this is so cool like some of the drum looping she's doing it's sick as hell nice nice yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna give but it anywho, a spin sorry there's a th- love tune yards can't wait to see him again <laughs> um yeah so for mine my song of the week so royal blood royal blood is uh they're working on a new album so that's going to come out at the end of april so we're coming up pretty close here and this is i think the third single that they've released but specifically we're talking about limbo now it's funny it's so funny that you brought up uh your one of your best musical experiences uh with with tune yards because royal blood actually owns one of my favorite uh live music experiences nice um so in like 2017, I believe, they were in Chicago for Lollapalooza um, on like their second album run or, or tour run or something. And shout out to Vicky Sanders in Chicago, great photographer, music photographer that got me into that show. So there was an after show at uh, Lincoln Hall. So this was like a late, late show, small venue. This, yeah. And honestly, I was a big fan of when that first album came out, uh, I think the one that popped off like it, it popped off there are d- these are a couple of dudes out of the uk um figure it out popped off and that kind of like hit alternative uh m- music charts and, and stuff and like in the uk they're, they're pretty big too but the uk is generally a little bit better about rock music in their mainstream music charts um but anyways big fan of that album the there's like a couple songs that are like some of my favorite rock tracks ever um just because of how like the way that the 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 interesting or the cool thing for me about them is that the there's no guitar nothing that you hear on their albums is a guitar it's all a drummer and a bass guitar and this dude is like super secretive about like his setup and like 
what exactly like the pedals and the like how the the input is 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 lined through to to like create that sound because you have the equal you have a, a distorted uh, guitar sound coming out, but you also have mm. the depth of the bass. So it like it's like a really chunky sound that isn't like muffled or, or like in your in your face. Super cool. I, I dig it a lot. The second album come out came out, and I love that one. Um, I actually have that one on vinyl. But then with Limbo, like they're starting to get. I mean, their their recipe hasn't really changed all that much. But they're starting to like incorporate a little bit more like sound variety with like this one started off with some light synth, like slight piano, like nothing crazy. Um, but it's like a very like boom, 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 just rock and roll song that I think I really like because there isn't a ton of that right now that isn't like appealing too much to the masses. And I'm not saying that this isn't like mainstream and produced produced in a way that like can't appeal to a mainstream audience but it's a little bit more uh deliberate in my opinion with it it's fun to listen to it's energetic without being like overly aggressive yeah yeah oh so so real quick the the experience and like so back to that to, to that show uh having a great time at the concert like i'm right i'm right there right up front like i can touch other shit i don't touch it out of respect for <laughs> our artists don't be touching people's instruments guys uh, for the final song out of the black that's the that's the one that they close off with they're like get out of the way get the hell out of the way they clear up space in the middle of the uh, of the of the dance room or or the concert hall and it's they, at lincoln hall yeah at lincoln hall they bring down the drums he brings out the guitar and like they have like their tech is like scrambling because I think they did this on the fly and like, oh, OK. And then they, we, people clear out and they like hit the peak of that song in the middle of the floor with That's everyone cool. around them. It was I think I think probably is my my best concert live music experience. It was just so cool the way that they did that. Um, so since then, I've been like, I'm like, That's it. I love these guys. I love these guys forever. and. I'm very excited for this album. Uh, that's funny. I wonder if like Lincoln Hall has something where bands do that kind of stuff. Because I saw Xenia Rubinos at Lincoln Hall. And so I was like the tallest guy in the audience for some reason. I Well, I'm often <laughs> close to that well, you're pretty tall, in normal yeah. life. But so she jumps off stage at one point and like, beelines to me and like dances with me for one of the like a little bit of a song that's so cool and i was like so like what and i honestly did not handle it well obviously uh <laughs> spencer dancing oh my god yeah it was not a great but i was like i, I don't know maybe there's something about lincoln hall lincoln hall's a good venue well it's because sure. the stage isn't isn't that far isn't that like yeah high up of off the uh the floor the main floor yeah okay so so Danny, my experience with it. So you yeah. initially sent it to me and I listened to it like last week. And, yeah. you know, uh, we talked about my headspace of last week. It wasn't the best, but I listened to it and I was like, I don't like this. Uh, it's it, it's clean. It's too clean. I felt like it was like trying hard to be a mainstream hit. Yeah. And that was my and I was like, 
I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to root harsh. <laughs> I, I don't want to yuck Danny's yum uh, or anything like that. So I'm just going to say, let's talk about it on the song of the week. And my expectation was I was going to just say, just dunk on you it. lost it. Just I'm so sorry, Danny. You, you're bad at music. Uh, and I listened to it again uh, and I still didn't like it. And, Fair. <laughs> and then I listened to it today a couple times. Uh, and then I was like, okay, let me do some research on Royal Blood. Because I, I want to understand, like, yeah. was this one of those Imagine Dragons situations? Whoa. Or, um, Oof. Okay. What's, what's the other... Uh, there's another two-person band that got really big that then got really annoying. That was, like, not... I think it was also UK, and it wasn't rap, but it was, like... Man, what's that stupid band? They were like for a brief moment humongous, like truly large. Oh. Um, and initially everybody loved them and then they got overproduced, right? They like went the route of that. Like, I feel like UK bands have a history of doing that. Yeah. Uh, and it's also funny, we both picked like duos that are doing weird shit <laughs> with their instruments. Yeah. Um, which is kind of fun. So then I like looks look up Royal Blood and I'm like, well, what what's what's up with them? Uh, and I was like, oh, they're UK. Okay, that might be why. Because I have, sometimes I just like don't get into UK music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is a two-piece. That's interesting. Because I honestly thought when I saw the picture on Spotify, I was like, okay, so are they DJs? Like, what am I getting into? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's just two dudes, yeah. right? Uh, and then I read a little bit about them. I'm like, oh, so this is just a bassist and a drummer. Interesting. And then I start listening to some live stuff because so I was like, they're so good live. They are and then I was like, okay, so I get why this band has fans. And now let me go re-listen to it again. And at that time, like fifth or sixth listen, I get it. Now, I do have some problems with it. I do yeah. think it's, it's, it's produced to death, in my opinion. It's very buttoned up. Because it screams, I want some grit, but all of the edges are rolled off, which is a thing like I get really upset when I feel like music (laughs) is like that. And it's a constant sticking point for me. And yeah, we're we're on back to back weeks of that now. I know. I know. And it's, it's a thing that I've always, I always have problems with where like, it just starts feeling a little too produced to try to hit like because I think if this was a little bit grimier, I would actually like it a lot more. But it was just so cleanly and like pristinely produced that I think some of the the soul didn't come through. But then you listen to them live and you see how hard they're both working and you see what they're putting into it. And it makes me go, well, I think I just need to like maybe go back to Royal Blood. And this is also a classic third album mistake like of being super super produced yeah like almost every band's third album is this like and there's very few bands in the rock genre especially where their third album doesn't tilt into too produced it just it literally just happened to one of my favorite current favorite metalcore bands with wage war like their third album was like this is very produced it's a curse it's an absolute curse because well, they're popular enough to get a third album. They usually, that's a moment where record labels change. Um, and usually the idea is we're going to try to make you a big hit at this yeah. point, right? Like Code and Cambria, there is a contingent of people that get upset about their third album 
which is the album that everybody knows because it has Welcome Home on it. Uh, but some people, when it initially came out, they're like, I don't know, man. It just sounds... They went into like more like mainstream prog rock, which is in itself an insane thing to say. Uh, but they went away from kind of the nerdiness sound yeah. and went more heavy. And people thought that it was produced really well and like, I don't like it, right? And it's happened to a bunch of different bands. That third album is tough. Um, but really like, man, that's so cool that this bassist does this weird shit. Um, yeah. And- I, the one thing that I still can't get past is i listened to several like two to three minute chunks of their live one of their live like you know a well-recorded live show yeah it wasn't like it was a cell phone and the one thing is i'm like okay someone needs to give some notes to this drummer (laughs) like because he only (laughs) is doing insane fills it seems like it's like just for a moment you don't have to hit every part of every part of your drum. <laughs> like he's like literally like it watching is. it. It's truly like the whole time he's just like all over it. And it sounds really cool, but it's like I got, so I like have recorded one song in a studio in my life and the producer, and this is in college, like was like, Hey, like what if you like start like messing around with this thing that makes a drum like sound. And it was like basically like a fucking wooden box, (laughs) but it had a really cool sound when you hit it against a microphone. And so he lets me rip. And like the first one, I'm the first couple takes, I'm kind of experimenting and using it a lot. And then he goes, Hey man, um, stop that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little too much. If you're doing it all the time, it loses its power. And then, so he's like, you have like 10 times you can use this, use it wisely. Like that's what we're going to do just for this take, see what happens. And so like that restraint created a really cool moment in this thing that I did, right? Um, that you'll never, no one will ever see. I think maybe you've seen it, but like at this point, nope, it's dead. No one will ever see it. Well, it's too late. Uh, we're going to revive it now. Uh, <laughs> but it was... Like, that's what I think. Like, that's a note that this man has not gotten. Because I fair. love drums. That's I fair. love drums. They're my favorite part you, of you most do need space, albums. Space to breathe, especially with, with sound sometimes. So, for I'm a sucker for, I guess, I'll call it candy music. Candy music being that it's very cleaned up, doesn't necessarily have a ton of s- substance to it. I'm not saying that these guys don't have substance be very clear I'm, I'm a big fan um and it's just like i don't want to think i don't want to listen to the lyrics it sounds good to me i don't want to like it's something which is crazy as a person who's like an audiophile and loves music as well like sometimes i just don't want to think that hard about the shit that i'm listening to and it feels good to listen to it okay so okay so that was the thought i had about this song is it doesn't need to engage me very much and if you're okay with that okay okay then i think i get royal bloods more and more as we've been talking yeah and um because that was totally a thought i had i was like oh this this didn't bother me necessarily like yeah yeah. but it didn't demand my full attention this would be great like music to play in the background that no like people would be like oh this is what is this that's pretty cool yeah yeah see just like just like that and and then you top it off with like them being very good live um, and, and having very positive concert experiences with them. It yeah. just, it hit the spot for me. It hit the spot. 
That's how you become a fan for life. Like throw in yeah. finding a band kind of early, give you a good live experience. I'll buy your shit forever. Pretty much. Uh, like basically <laughs> is much. like, that's what I like. Most of my music tastes at this point are like, if, if something hits and then I get to see you live, I basically will buy, I will support you until you like really honestly, like just be shitty. Like yeah, otherwise yeah. I'll, I'll do something to, 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 to deal with yeah, it. Yeah. Like hand me a um, pillow that's already warm. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> uh, well, Danny, we have to end. This is a long episode. This is a long episode. I'll trim um, off some of the fat at the start because we we went on a large aside about pretty big tangent about weight loss. Yeah. Um, like, subscribe, comment, share. Danny unfortunately has come back down to earth. Uh, no longer TikTok famous. It was a good run. It was a good um, run. It was a good run. Now, now, to see. now I'm a little annoyed that like all my notifications are just from that video trickling, and I'm like, okay, okay, I yeah. do other stuff. I, Watch I my other what, stuff, guys. Honestly, Danny, you got to TikTok thought it at this point. Like, you got to show a little skin, get the get the views back up, keep them moving. Unfortunately, to, that's the answer for TikTok. Like, I'm, I'm going to have to turn into the orange orange suit kid, the guy. Have you seen that one? With, uh, no, the, but it sounds great one? and it sounds awesome. Yeah, oh, just it's like, so weird. But, honestly, yeah. if you started doing everything in like a really nice suit, you know 100% you would hit again. <laughs> Maybe that's the move. Maybe that's the move. Got to yeah. shave, cut my hair. Or like Chris Farley, it suits too small and just never <laughs> reference that the suit is too small. Just wear it anyways. That would I'm be just going to go shirtless. I'm just going to go shirtless. That would also get you a ton of hits. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Throw in a bit of like 70s music. Like, uh, you know, like, there you go. You're done. <laughs> Hit. Oh, it's going to get so weird. Like, what What page did I follow? What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Danny. All right. This has been the DMGT podcast, by the way. This uh, has been the DMGT podcast. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Spencer. And I'm the other host, Danny. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.